welcome to the Sonic Collective. Uh, this month uh, was my pick, Darren Scott, and I'm also joined with two other members, Scott Gregory here in Calgary. Hello. <laughs> and Scott Coates <laughs> uh, from, uh, no, you're not in Borneo, you're back in Bangkok now, correct? I'm in Bangkok now, yeah, I am in Bangkok as we speak. It's about 31 degrees or so on a sunny Sunday morning here. Yeah, actually, it was pretty nice. It was about 18 here in Calgary today, which for this time of year is amazing. So, um, And uh, miss, missing from our group. Uh, unfortunately, he uh, uh, loves music so much. He DJs. He is DJing tonight and Saturday nights when uh, we often record. Uh, Alan Dupuis, our other member. But his recording will start right after this one, so uh, uh, we'll drop into that. But anyway, I will dive in. So I picked Tom Petty's Wildflowers and actually had decided to pick Tom Petty um, before he passed away at the beginning of the month. So um, it was kind of a weird thing that happened. But uh, Tom Petty has so many good albums. I was torn which one to pick, but uh, when I picked Wildflowers, it was more because it was one I hadn't actually, besides the hits, explored that much and really listened to. Uh, and, man, did I blow it because it was awesome. Uh, anyway, a little backstory. So Wildflowers released November 1st, 1994. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I guess it followed uh, Jeff Lynn uh, from the Traveling Wilburys, ended up producing Full Moon Fever in 89 and into the Great Wide Open in 91. Uh, and this this is the next album after that. So those were Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. This is technically a solo album, but it was literally every member except the drummer, uh, Stan Lynch from the Heartbreakers. Um, and sorry, I don't, I should know the drummer on, on this one, but I don't. Maybe you guys do, but, um, but basically the Heartbreakers. And uh, it had some great hits on it. You don't know how it feels. And You Wreck Me are the two big ones uh, that got a lot of radio play. But uh, in general, it was it was amazing. And I mean, I mean, just quickly on Tom Petty, I'll just throw in a few things and I'll kick it over. I mean, uh, this guy is over 80 million records sold worldwide. Like, that, that's completely insane. Yeah, 80, 80 million. <laughs> like, I can't even fathom that. Uh, but... You know, just this legend, and now we're in a situation where he just passed away as we are starting to review this. But anyway, not to get too depressing, so let's uh, kick it over to Scott Gregory. What did you What did you think in general about this album, man? I liked it. I mean, I had listened to it a chunk. 94 was a really busy music year for me. I was buying everything. Yes, actually buying music. Uh, if you know me, that was a bit of a rarity for a good 20 years. But uh, some of my favorite songs were on this. Uh, you Don't Know How It Feels. I really like Time to Move On was uh, uh, perennially uh, just a, a staple for me on any playlist that I was making with Tom Petty. And um, yeah, I didn't really think about it until recently, but uh, back, not his most recent album, but the one before... Uh, it, it kind of vibed on me the same way. And I didn't know why I liked the back album so much, but going back and listening to Wildflowers, there was a whole lot of acoustic kind of folksy under, well, it's not even undertones on this one. It's overtones on this one that, that just really right. speak to me. And, um, and yeah, if anything, and this is going to be weird because I, I was thinking I was going to come in and say just everything positive about it. But the one criticism I could Peter. think yeah. of Peter. was, yeah, I know, right, uh, <laughs> was that I, I feel this album's a little too long. I got to long. about track 11 or 12 on, you know, and maybe it's because I was listening to it for a month solid. But I thought it you could I thought you could cut 
the last three songs off this album and you wouldn't have really lost anything. 48, so it's just over an hour. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I was just trying to look that up. But yeah, thanks, Scott. which is weird to me, right? Because it isn't like an extended play or anything like that. It's it's right in there for time compared to its contemporaries. Most songs or most albums had 14, 15 songs, but I just think he's done by the time he gets to uh, to find a friend or a higher place and didn't get a lot out of House in the Woods, Crawling Back to You, or, or Wake Up Time. I thought he... Mm-hmm. You know, shot his steam at that point and could have called it a day. <laughs> yeah, that's no, an interesting perspective. Really, it is long. It is definitely long. Yeah, so I, 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 I agree with you, Scott Gregory. And that I've mentioned this on quite a few reviews. It seems that the albums from the seventies and eighties, some were even like thirty-five minutes, but I think like forty minutes. A lot of albums from the seventies and eighties tended to be. And I, I kind of think much over forty-five minutes, you lose that sweet spot. So I kind of agree, mm-hmm. like. There's something about leaving people wanting more, right? Or like you listen to older albums and I'll find it's over and I'm like, well, hang on, it's over already? I kind of like that. Like you're enjoying something. I, I, I like most of the songs here, but I agree. It's a, it's a bit long. And to me, something from this little club we have, I, I find 40 minutes a sweet spot. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And like if you had to just extracted, to say, three songs, what yeah. difference would have that yeah. made? And, and who knows what they are, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. That would be an interesting question. What would you trim, right? Yeah, sorry to jump in and cut you off, Scott Gregory, but I I listened to uh, Tom Petty's last interview before he uh, died, where it was like the only one he did for his tour. It was on Rolling Stone. And they talked about this album. Of course, it's Rick Rubin produced, and apparently it was supposed to be a double album. So it's probably a reason why there's a lot of tracks on this, Mm. that they had enough for two albums. And I don't know why they didn't do it as as a double album. Tom Petty apparently actually wanted to tour it as a double album, um, which obviously never happens. So it's probably why it's a really long album. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Factoid. Factoid. Yeah. Ding. So, anyway, what do you think? The more you know. Uh, Scott Coates. Well, sorry, I kind of feel like I, I cut Scott Gregory off there. Is there anything else? No, no, no. That's, that's, those are a couple of my major points. I'll, uh, yeah, I was, I was totally blown away. Like, my first Tom Petty album I ever owned was Full Moon Fever. Because mm-hmm. at 91, geez, I would have been 17. Oh, that was 89. That's 89. Yeah, I, I knew of him, but was that 89? Okay, so I would have been seven, yeah, 17. No, whatever. I don't want to do math. 16. But, um, <laughs> it's the depressing you know kind of math, too. I would have been 19. What's our age difference? Two and a half yeah. years? Yeah. So, I mean, I realized I, I'd listened to this whole album at some point, And the thing that struck me is that I felt like, 60% of the songs were singles, or I knew them. And I know 60% weren't singles, mm-hmm. but like Wildflowers, You Don't Know How It Feels, You Wreck Me, It's Good to Be King. Mm-hmm. I've even heard Funny Bee on the radio, Cabin Down Below, mm-hmm. A Higher Place. Like half this album is is played on the radio. And as a package, I kind of agree with Scott. There's probably like two weak links. I think it's Hard on Me where he sounds like a divorce song. Is that the one where he's like basically yeah. saying, one was tough on him. I was kind of like, whoa, like maybe could have cut that one out and crawling back to you. But man, as a whole, like I've been listening, I think I've listened to this one more than any album we've had as a pick. And mm. wow, it, it, I, I love it. Like I just, I find the yeah. whole, it's, it's an album journey, which we've talked about it as well. Newer albums these days, I don't think they design to be a package. And while I like all these songs, I find they, 
it works much better is that when you listen to the whole thing, it kind of flows through it. And uh, some of my favorite tracks are not the big singles, like Cabin Down Below to me is probably my favorite. I just, I don't yeah. know, I like the it's guitar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the guitar lick in that is awesome. Uh, Honey Bee is pretty good rocker. Maybe I like it because uh, Dave Grohl played drums on SNL when they did that song. Yeah. Oh, nice. Grohl trivia on that is they lost their drummer, and uh, Tom Petty had actually offered Tom or uh, Dave Grohl to be their drummer when this album came out. So he played two songs with them on SNL. But uh, I, I think it flows from Wildflowers at the beginning, kind of like nice and soft, and then you don't know how it feels, kind of picks it up a little bit. By the time you get to wreck me, it's cooking, and then he kind of brings it back down with it's good to be king. And then, like, wake up time at the end's kind of funny. Like, often I think, should I set my iPhone alarm to this thing? Like, it's it's, it's a weird ender, but I, I just find the whole thing flows as a nice package. And again, I love Cabin Down Below. I just I keep listening to that over and over. <laughs> that is a good one. That, that was one of my favorites, too. And I actually, uh, you mentioned it's good to be king. And even the first, the entry track, Wildflowers, I just mm -hmm. think that's a nice little, like, pick me up good little tune i you know i, I kind of said it was it was a beautiful ride like the whole yeah. album and yeah. i'm i'm known for i'm not into slower music in general i just i don't know why I, I did a spotify little thing you can actually if you ever do this you can go to their website it'll show your play habits how many songs and it'll be and the, this little summary and it's just like you never listen to slow music you must be like partying all the time we want to be you or something really? uh, so uh for an album like this for me is uh, is you know, I would usually find them too slow, but I got to say, uh, the more I listened to this, the more I just loved it. And a good song's a good song. Yeah. And uh, I, I just thought it was fantastic. Like, just absolutely love this album. Well, I definitely think on the front half of it, he keeps it very interesting as far as the different instruments that they're using. You know, the the speed and pacing of it. It's it's. I think Scott's right when he says it's a bit of a journey. And uh and it's not down the same road twice, I guess, if you want it. You know, until, yeah. for me, near the end of the album, I feel like he's gone through the permutations. But say something like, even then, it's unique. It's in the context of Tom Petty, right? If you look at um, Don't Fade On Me, I think that's my favorite guitar work on the mm -hmm. album. And it's got that very solid acoustic kind of feel to it. And, and just his voice out in front of everything you know there's there's a lot of meat on here for for all different kinds of people oh yeah and and even talking about the sound and how great it sounds and scott you mentioned it coats that um rick rubin produces first of three he produced for tom petty uh but rick rubin man he just like has done every he was like kind of made uh his career on uh helping and founding the beastie boys but he's worked oh, with right. like I have a list here in front of me, and and I just I was just blown away like who he's worked with and produced. But I mean, you know like uh, Johnny Cash and stuff. But like Chili Peppers, Kanye, Lady Gaga, Black Slow, Black Slow, Black Slows, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. But like uh, Neil Diamond, Sheryl Crow, Audio Slave, like it's just like Justin Timberlake, Slipknot, Metallica, ACDC, Black Sabbath. It's like he just worked with everybody. It's just like it's insane. And he would have been in his twenties. I think he, I just I have the page up here. He's oh, 54 wow. right now, Holy and this cow. was yeah recorded oh, in '94. So he's only six years older than me. So he would have been 25 when he produced this album for Tom Petty. I thought 25. he'd be like ancient. Isn't that insane? Anyway, no, sorry. Yeah, and I mean we're talking more about Rick Rubin in this album, but 
I think he really helped get that sound and mm. realized we came from the traveling Wilburys. Like Tom Petty was kind of Tom Petty and amazing music. But then he met uh, Jeff Lynn uh, and they started to collaborate. And that's how the traveling Wilburys came to be and listen to them that we could just actually do this uh, uh, Sonic Collective based on let's just do the traveling Wilburys and you know who they and are. And their derivative works. Yeah, yeah, and their derivative works. And you could just literally just record for years. Uh, but uh, so Jeff Lynn and then uh, Full Moon Fever, which we've talked about, and Into the Great Wide Open were produced by Jeff Lynn. So he had that sound for a long, for four mm-hmm. years, which really, you know, arguably his best works in there. But uh, yeah. th- then he jumps to this, which is actually, this is known as his best album, really, critically, is Wildflowers. And sure. But Rick Rubin just takes that and goes, okay, well, let's just, you know, enhance that sound, but change it a bit. Like, I just think that really added to what this was because this is the first of that genre of tom petty mm. did you did you happen to notice on the uh the musicians list that ringo Starr plays uh drums on a track i know i did not catch that <laughs> it is true who's that guy find uh, a friend <laughs> yeah this is be- i think guy. this is before he hit it big but yeah this is yeah. big break, maybe. i know right he's no beat best Someone that called Steve Ferrone. Steve Ferrone played drums on the rest of the album. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Because I feel bad for ignoring that poor guy. Huh. And he is he is the main drummer now in the Heartbreakers. Yes. Oh, what happened? The, uh, other, the other guy left, and he just concentrated on producing. He had a falling out with Tom Petty. Yeah. Huh. Probably shortly after, right around this time. Yeah. Yeah. I think just between yeah the two albums, right between yeah, right. And this one and probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if it's like. That documentary they talk about it in that well if it was like every heartbreaker that wants to be on the album take one step forward like not so fast Mr. And Drummer actually, Man <laughs> producers on this you get Rick Rubin, Tom Petty and Mike Campbell who's a guitar player so all three of them produced today oh yeah right yeah good point huh? yeah yeah I don't know I feel like I'm dominating but I loved it I thought it was just uh I, I, I'm willing to concede maybe a bit sentimental because Tom Petty had just died. And I like Tom Petty, but I'm not a super fan. But, like, I got to say, man, I was I was more bummed out than I thought I would be with him mm. dying. And I did tons of Tom Petty this month. But, like, yeah, I, I agree with you, Scott Gregory. It could probably be just a, a bit better with three less tracks. But this is a fantastic album, man. It's, it's, to me, it's one, like, you're at the cabin or you're out in a cottage in the mountains with your buddies. And you just throw this on while you're, like, eating breakfast or something. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I thought? And sorry to interrupt, Scott Gregory. Uh, it, just it, today, I was just like, if somebody asked me right now, Tom Petty's died, you're a big music fan, what album should I listen to? I would say this one. Mm, I'd agree. And, and that's big for me because I, I was a big Full Moon Fever fan. I even love Damn the Torpedoes. I have, that, I have that in vinyl. Let's do it all the time. But uh, I would say this one because I just think it's just so meaty and emotional. Like I just I think it's an amazing album. Yeah, and I Sorry. think I think a lot of what you would consider the B tracks could be A tracks on a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of other albums, right? Like non singles could easily have been singles on a double album. You can I kind of see. Odd, like I'm surprised it's good to be king ended up a single. Like it's not a bad song, but I hear it and I'm like, I, I don't really get the big appeal of it, right? Like mm. it's quirky. I mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah, it's one of my favorites too. Like, it's definitely on practically every every '90s playlist that that I make. I have a lot of Tom Petty on my huh. my playlists, and I karaoke him whenever <laughs> I go. At least one or two songs from him. So I was really bummed with with him passing away uh, this month. 
as well. But yeah. I like to, and sorry, I'll just interject quickly, because uh, I liked his backstory as a little bit. He was born in 1950, but when he was 10, his uncle worked on a movie set for Elvis. It was a movie called Follow That Dream with Elvis in it, and he got to meet Elvis. He was 10. Really? And, and I guess at that point, he just like, I want to be like Elvis and play music. And he went back home. He had like a slingshot, and he traded it for Elvis records and started listening to them. And then he watched The Beatles on Ed Sullivan three years later in 1964, and he's like, I want to be in a band. And I'm like, and then apparently he just started getting right into the Rolling Stones, the early stuff. And like this whole club is about influencers and influencing. And I'm just like, wow, that's uh, some pretty big influences he had there, like to form his career. Mm. I just thought that was a really interesting story. Well, and I like him because if you, if you hear his voice and kind of his style, you can correct me if you, uh, if I'm wrong or if you disagree, but uh, you know, I don't, kind of see him as someone that would have been traditionally picked out of a lineup to you know get produced and stuff like that i i know they're after unique sounds but in that time i i don't know and i respect him for that right because you look at him and and roy orbison and some of these other people in that social circle that had these unique sounds i just like that i don't know i get this feeling that he's not that prototypical uh, artists that they would have signed, but pushed through, got, and that's just it. I have no idea how hard it was for him. But when I when I create the Tom Petty story in my mind, that's what's there. <laughs> you know that yeah. that it's he was the long shot and, and wound up getting in and making some really quirky, uh, but but great great music. Like it's a unique contribution to the pool, and I appreciate that about him and this album. He, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I mean, he is super unique. Like, not to be a dick, but he's not exactly a handsome man. His his voice is pretty good, but it's not like it kind of sits to me somewhere between Dylan and then like like mm-hmm. a really good like Beatle type singer. Like, if you ever if you want to on Netflix, there's Running Down a Dream. That's a four hour plus documentary about the Heartbreakers. But hmm. yeah, it's pretty neat. It, it chronicles the whole career and then some. It takes like three sit downs to finish it. But wow. yeah, it's, it's great. Incredible. And I thought it was pretty cool. Stevie Nicks like begged him for years to be part of the Heartbreakers. And he mm-hmm. was always like, no, there can't be any women in the Heartbreakers. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, crazy. She it? did okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's throw out some scores, guys. Uh, we have the overall you know, rec- uh, ranking. And then, you know, would you recommend it? Did it influence you? And where's the hype? Like, what, a, what are your scores? Uh, I can go first because I'm going to give a five. Uh, on this one I'm a big fan in general I'm a big fan of this album I'd have to say it's always consistently been my favorite Tom Petty album and uh, it definitely influenced me in the moment it wasn't a go back and listen to it thing for me it very much shaped what I was listening to in that time frame and and kind of what I was tapping my foot to all around it so five across the board if you don't listen to this album i will fight you even even with your uh too long uh it is yeah i i can't let that says a lot i can't let that detract from you know saying it's too much of a good thing now that you know no no fighting uh but scott (laughs) i do the same as you i give it fives in every category because uh it's okay as we just mentioned maybe the best petty album 
I definitely listened to it at the time, but like kind of Full Moon Fever was my first album. Then I, I don't think I bought this, but I heard it lots. And even this time going back to it, like it's made me now listen to a whole bunch of other Heartbreakers and Tom Petty albums. Like I had Echo open the other day, and then I realized they had just a new, um, a brand new album right before he died that I didn't even know about. So it definitely influenced influenced my taste. It's worth listening to. It gets vibes all across the board. Yeah, uh, this this one album I hadn't really listened to much, and the more I did, the more I loved it. Uh, this is. Yeah, this is definitely fives all the way. Like it's mm-hmm. such a good album. Like is highly recommended. Like that's pretty pretty big. We'll have oh, to yeah, see. Alan Alan might Alan. give it a four and a half. Yeah, I'm a jerk. He might have been in a slipknot mood this month and no, we're just pan it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's an amazing album. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, I thought I had more to say, but I don't know if I do. But um, anyway, you know what? Uh, I love Tom Petty. Uh, amazing. Listen to any of his stuff. Uh, I think it's just a fantastic album. We keep saying that. You can't really get much better than that. Alan Dupuis is going to give his ranking. So we've set the pressure now the stage. Will Alan give it all five? Dun, or will dun, he dun. Like, blow it? You know, who knows? Um, but anyway, uh, for the Sonic Collective, uh, there's Scott Coates in Bangkok, Thailand. Yeah, that's me. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Great and pick. Scott Gregory here in Calgary. Peace out. Uh, and myself, Darren Scott, uh, signing off for the Sonic Collective. And stay tuned to listen to uh, Scott Coates' pick right uh, for uh, next month, which will be posted shortly after this. Hey guys, this is Alan for the Sonic Collective, and uh, once again, unfortunately, my schedule did not align with the other guys, and I'm going to have to fly solo on this review. So, obviously, we are reviewing Tom Petty's second album, uh, second solo album, I should clarify, called Wildflowers. This album follows his first solo release, which is called The Full Moon Fever, and uh, I actually really enjoyed a lot of full moon fever it's it's got songs you've probably heard before won't back down free falling running down a dream these are all um singles that spawned off of his first album so uh when it was announced we'd be reviewing wildflowers i was pretty excited because uh, i'm kind of a fan of tom petty although uh to be fair I i really didn't know too much about him as an artist uh prior to this pick and unfortunately, as um, events unfolded, it turns out Tom Petty passed away uh, as we were in the process of picking this one. So um, out of curiosity and reverence, I decided to look into who Tom Petty was a little bit more. And it turns out I did not give him the uh, credit and appreciation that he deserved. Dude was super talented. And, you know, between his solo efforts and the musical releases with his band Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, as well as the Traveling Wilburys, like, the guy was just a prolific artist. So, you know, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5 for what I recommend, because I think Tom Petty is a powerhouse of rock and roll history. And if you like rock music, you owe it to yourself and everyone who was ever influenced by Tom Petty to go check out some of his work. 
with all that said and done, we are actually here to discuss Wildflowers, the album Wildflowers. I liked it a fair amount. I don't think I liked it as much as Full Moon Fever, but you know, all the same, I think it's a really solid album. There were a few standout tracks for me. I think my favorite was called Time to Move On. I really liked the vibe of that one. It kind of, I couldn't tell if it was a happy song or a sad song. It kind of gave me a bit of a conflicted feeling. It's kind of about the need, like feeling the need to move on, but not really being sure of where you want to go, which direction you should take. And I think that's fairly relatable for most people, myself, for sure. So time to move on. Great track. Probably my favorite of the album. Uh, There were a couple other really good ones. Crawling Back. Uh, just a crawling back to you, I think it was called actually. Gorgeous song. Instrumentally, it was extremely layered and complex, and it it gave a real sense of depth and atmosphere to the song. Yeah, Honeybee was another really good one. It sounded like it fitted right in with uh, all the other music that was kind of on the air in 1994 when this album was first released. Um, it, it had the fuzzy guitars and the grungy alt sound that was really pervasive on the radio at the time. I don't know if they ever released Honeybee as a single or not. Uh, I probably should have looked that up before recording this, but if they did, it made sense. And if they didn't, I kind of go, why not? Because maybe Honeybee could have won over some new fans who were, you know, just kind of hanging on to the, the grunge era or maybe the post-grunge era at that point. Yeah, I think it fit right in there. And then uh, lastly, the song You Wreck Me. Also just really enjoyed that, both lyrically and instrumentally. The big single that made waves on the charts was called You Don't Know How It Feels. It's not my favorite song on the album, probably because I've heard it hundreds of times before, so it wasn't really breaking any new ground for me. And that's kind of a running theme, I think, with me on these reviews is I don't necessarily always really like the tracks that make it to the radio. I think think the albums as a whole have so much more to offer than than what gets released as singles. Probably worth mentioning here, and in fact not probably, absolutely worth mentioning here, is that Rick Rubin has production credits here on this album. If you don't know who Rick Rubin is, you really should because he's a visionary and behind some of the greatest albums of the 20th century and I think uh, having him in the producer's seat on this album really lends itself to the quality and uh, just all-around awesomeness that is Wallflowers. Onto the, onto the ratings here, I know this is kind of a quick one for me but I really don't have too much to say about it other than it's really good. So, um, Tom Petty, you will be missed. I think uh, recommending to a friend, I'm going to give this a solid 5 out of 5. I think everyone should give this album a listen to from front to back, back to front, hit, shuffle. I don't care. It's just a really great album. Anyway, you slice it and dice it. I would certainly recommend it. And I actually quite enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. There's a number of tracks here that are going to make it onto my uh, my permanent playlist, and I think that's always the sign of a good Sonic Collective review for me, is being able to add to that list 
with music that I probably wouldn't otherwise uh, get exposure to. So hopefully the same can be said for you guys. And until next time, I have been Alan of the Sonic Collective. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for what our next month's pick is. Cheers. Hello.